if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. We would have mom and daughter day. I'd take her shopping, and I had a conversation with her. I said, look, if you're not having sex now, you're going to eventually. And if you're having those feelings that you want to, now mind you, she's only 15, please come to me. I will take you to my OBGYN. I didn't want her to feel ashamed. I just wanted her to be protected. Well, of course, she came to me and I took her to my doctor. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Hey fam, we are just trucking along on our road trip here. Come on now. Yeah, we left Austin, made a pit stop in Arkansas. All of you got to meet Auntie Lisa and Uncle Gary. If you have not met Auntie Lisa and Uncle Gary, listen to that episode. It was a goodie. And we carried on on our road trip up to Ohio. My old stomping grounds. Yeah. So if you ever have an opportunity to meet Jordan Marie Spouted, she will tell you that he is half Ohio half Southern California. Well, we are in the Ohio part, Ashland, Ohio, to be specific, visiting mom, grandpa, aunt, sister, brother-in-law, nephews, mm-hmm. the whole fam's here. Yeah. And we have the absolute pleasure of having a conversation for all of you with Jordan's mom. AKA Dr. Funkenstein, Mama Funkski. <laughs> Her last name is literally Funk, Tina Funk. Yeah, she got to Funk. 
to Aww. me. Uh huh. <laughs> to me, she's Miss Tina. Because, you know, I'm from South Louisiana and we miss a Mr. First Name. Mm -hmm. And so my I'm going to mostly hand the reins over to Jordan uh -oh. to lead us through this conversation. And I'll chime in. Y'all know me. I'll chime in with a little this, a little that along the way. Um, but really, the show is all about Mama Funk. Say hi, Mom. Hello. <laughs> We're stoked to have you. Thank you very much. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. Yes. <laughs> it's like we're on a radio show, huh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> like they're tuning in live. <laughs> and here we come to you live from Ashland, Ohio. It's funny because Uncle Gary did a little radio show announcement thing to start off the show and you just kind of did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, Mama, I would love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. And okay. specifically in the context of sex, love, and relationships, which is the focus of the show. And so maybe like a brief history of your childhood leading into teenship around influences in that regard, sex, love, and relationships, like maybe first conversations around sex education in school with your parents. How you um, felt when you, when you flirted with a boy for uh -huh. the first time. Oh boy. And what was modeled to you is also another big one with your mom and your dad and those influences. Okay. Well, first of all, anybody that knows me, um, biology doesn't make everything. Um, my father was my mother's fourth husband. And I absolutely adore him. He's as perfect in my mind as you can be as a father. And he's not specifically your biological no. father. Yeah. No. Papa is what we call yes. him. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see. Hmm. Okay. When I was about 12 years old, my mother met him on the beach. He was 11 years younger than her. They fell in love. And it was wonderful. I never thought of it as weird because he was just a kid, but he was not really a kid. And he's actually not that much older than you, right? No, yeah, seven years. Funny. That's wild. But he's wow. my dad. Isn't that wild? Yeah. He was just always meant to be my dad. Um, as far as relationships, my mom and dad absolutely adored each other. He did everything for her and she did everything for him. I mean, they were truly in love, love. I mean... Wanted to be with each other. We could hear him through the walls giggling uh -oh. and other things. And it, hubba hubba. So I had a lot of expectations. Boy, I want to grow up and I want to have all of this. Well, it didn't happen, but I had wonderful children. I had some amazing experiences in relationships that in the beginning they were great and then they weren't so great. Um, what else can I say? I, uh, I love my life now. Yeah. Not to say that I didn't love having kids growing up. Yes, I did. And a lot of people think that you have to have a significant other to be happy. For me now, it's all about family, adopted family, and friends mm -hmm. and spending time with each other. Yeah. And let me just say, I had some great sexual experience. <laughs> oh, snap. Uh-huh. Great. Some really great ones. So I have really good memories. And if it doesn't ever happen again, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've been married four times? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And rewinding a little bit to your childhood before Papa, I'm curious because I know Grammar, which is my grandma's name, she passed last year. Uh, she was married also four times. Mm hmm. 
And so three times before Papa, that was correct that you, it's your dad. Uh, what, tell me a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about that. I was a, my mom was a single parent. I remember when I was probably five and six years old, she had this old station wagon and she took us three kids everywhere. And Lisa was just a baby, including job interviews. And we'd sit in the car and collar and tell each other stories. And <laughs> there was nothing bad to say about it. It was normal for us. She did everything for us. She made our clothes. I mean, I thought life was pretty good until I got to be in junior high school and realized that I didn't have anything compared mm-hmm. to all the kids surrounding me. And that was tough. Yeah. I hated it. I feel you. And so it's interesting that you grew up largely with a single mom and huh? I did as well. You. Right. And so did I. And all three of us. That's true. Look at us. And that seems to be a theme of sorts. A lot of people growing up with single moms. You don't hear the single dad thing all that often. And there's all kinds of societal um, contributors to why that may or may not be. Uh, and biological ones. Yeah. Because littles will, in a lot of ways, need their mom sure. to survive in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Yeah. I mean, granted, single dads that y'all that are listening you're the real MVPs, you know, you yeah. step up and you take on that challenge. But yeah, it's a very biological thing too. What's something that you learned from your mom, whether it was directly from her, or just being a part of this upbringing childhood experience uh, that influenced you or affected you in your relationships? Again, so you both were married four times. That's right. interesting. Was there any little golden nuggets in that and good oh, or quote absolutely. Bad? Um, the glass was, you learn the glass is half full. There's always something to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Um, you had a lot of jobs. You did the best you could. You try to make sure your kids could be in sports and have nice clothes. Um, the little things, I mean, my boys, I remember they loved it when I made homemade French fries and hamburgers. Well, at the time they didn't realize it was cheap. (laughs) <laughs> and 99 cent movie night uh-huh. because we were all together and I couldn't afford cable. Mm. And my mom was a lot like that. Yeah. She would find little things that we could do together that didn't cost anything or very little. Mm-hmm. And so I think my most, the, the biggest thing I learned from my mom was appreciation. Yeah. Mm. I say, Miss Tina, you are one of the happiest, most joy filled glasses half full kind of people, not just ladies, but kind of people that I've ever met. Almost everything that comes out of your mouth is the positive side. There's some shit going down and you, well, let's look at it this way. So I imagine that some of that comes from those times too. There's always something to be grateful for. It does. Mm -hmm. And that's very much something that I learned from you and Uh the way that I approach life. And it's funny because my dad is the same way. He's very much, he has the joy of the Lord within him. Maybe sometime we'll even be able to get him on this show. I don't know, that'd be interesting. <laughs> He'll try and convert y'all to the yeah. good Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. <laughs> no, <laughs> He's still doing it to me. The only one you have an option to choose. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm curious specifically regarding dating and men, both. Or what, women. Ooh, or women. Yeah. Assumptions but, sure. Here. Did you have any experiences with women? Let's just go there. Uh, no, I didn't. No? Would you like to? <laughs> I actually got hit on a few times in the, ah. in the mid-90s. 
Mm. I did. Made mm-hmm. me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but I also have a few women friends that are gay. Some mm-hmm. are married and I love them. Mm-hmm. Have you ever made out with a woman? No, I have not. Jordan, okay. I just, okay. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I'm not uncomfortable. I know, but he's, you know, he's being yeah, Jordan. He's being himself. <laughs> right. You know, it's something I'm going to share in this moment. Oh, my first exposures that I can recall to sex were from my mom's porn collection. Oh, great. <laughs> you had to bring that up. I want you to know, mom, that your Jergens and or Bath and Body Works, specifically the Juniper Breeze scented. I know. I know those bottles disappeared quickly. Yeah. And some were under you guys' beds. Yeah. And I don't apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew Ryan didn't have dry feet. Yeah. <laughs> there were many a time where I was full spread eagle jerking off in the living room. Jordan. 13 years old. <laughs> and mom would come eagle. home early from work and I'd go running ass naked into my bedroom so she wouldn't catch me. And I'd have to, I got good at turning off that TV quickly so she didn't know what was going on and grabbing. Okay, maybe we're going down a path we don't want to. Lex is no, giving me the fun no, look. No, I'm not. I'm just imagining it, which is very weird. I am very glad I never caught you. <laughs> I like really caught you. Uh-huh. Did you ever practice turning the TV off when she wasn't, when you knew she wasn't, just to see how fast you could do it? I think probably. I think that I did it inadvertently when I thought I heard something. And so I got those reps in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I found a dildo. I remember at one point in your closet as well. You're speeding oh, yeah. this whole train up to like we'll just your child up and down and all around. I know. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> let's go, make this about me. Go, it figures. It will wind Nothing's up. ever hidden when you're a mom. <laughs> Although nothing is ever hidden when you're a son. Ah, touche. <laughs> so before they mm. were glimmers of in your existence of like, oh, I'm going to be a mom, and it's mm. here comes what you mentioned, Ryan, which is your brother, your older yep. brother. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to y'all, mm-hmm. but first, before y'all, your experiences, maybe even as a teenager, because I know there there's a little bit of a rebel streak that oh, yeah. I hear about every now and then. Mm-hmm. So I would love if you could share a piece or two about just like the wild child and your experiences yeah. and all that. Okay, I. uh my first love really was a guy named Kip Ramey. Old Kip. Kipsky. I was 15. Heartbreaker. And we lived on Kodiak Island. In Alaska. Uh-huh. And I was a sophomore. And he just, ugh, I adored him. Mm. But he wanted to go all the way. And I was a good girl. And I liked the making out stuff. But I just never would do that. So he dumped me for a girl that did. What a dickhead. Yeah, he was. I'm going to find him and kick his ass. That's yeah, okay. He's dead now. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, okay. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that one dark girl. <laughs> so that was my first real heartbreak. Yeah. And yeah, you know, so I'm trying to think of the first time I had. Uh, okay. When did, yeah. When did you first go all the way, as you said? Actually here. Okay. And I'm not going to say his name because he still lives here. That's okay, so this wild. Still alive. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But he was quite the player in high school. Mm -hmm. He was really, really cute, blonde, blue eyed. And he went after me pretty much. And I just Mm kind of ignored him for a while. And then I finally, I'm like, okay. And I remember all my girlfriends saying, oh, you're so, you should be so lucky you haven't done it yet. Well, by then I was 16 and a half. Mm -hmm. And uh, because once you do, you're going to want to all the time. Well, let me tell you, (laughs) that was a big fat lie. Uh oh, It sucked. 
Okay. It hurt and it was not fun. Oh, but so did that on some level deter you, maybe even traumatize you from doing it more? Yeah, for a while. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the body starts doing other things. Yep. Yeah. Pulling Mm -hmm. you in the direction. Why am I doing this thing? I'm trying to think the first time it was really, really fun. I was 17. That's somebody else that's still here. And then it was really, really fun. Okay. And not shortly thereafter, you got pregnant, right? When you were 18, 19 with my sister. I turned 19 a week after she was born. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about that situation. He was your first husband, right? He was my first husband and we had dated briefly in high school and then uh, saw each other again. When I moved back to California, I was living with my Aunt Georgia at the time and went out a few times and I got pregnant mm. and uh, I did not want to get married. Mm. And I remember after Lisa was born, he's like, oh, I can't live without you. And we have this little girl and blah, 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 blah. So even right up to the point I said, I do, I didn't want to, wow. but I did. Yeah. So partially him wanting to get married, were there any other reasons why you did what's coming up for me is potential reason is our family background in regards to Christianity and religion and it being, you know, having a child out of wedlock mm-hmm. is kind of a scourge of sorts. Did that play a part in any of that? No. No. Mm. How did they react? Who? My parents? Yeah. Oh, family. they were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There was no negativity whatsoever. That's awesome. They actually didn't like him much. Oh. You know, one thing about grandpa, he's always, it's like, he's always been a grown up. He was always a really good judge of character. Yeah. And yeah. frankly, I wish Amy and I would have listened to him more often. And Amy's your younger sister. And Amy's my little sister. I'm 18 years older than she is. That's a trip. <laughs> right. Mm. And your dad, Papa, grandpa, he was actually pastor of a church for 30 years, just mm-hmm. to provide a little context there. He and grammar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... You had my older sister, who's, I think, 12 years older than me, sis, as I call her. Which is funny because my older sister is 13 years older than yep. I am. And you call her sis. And I call her sis. Well, I called her sissy. Sissy. And so did, did I. So did, I called her sissy. Yeah. Right. And then I got old. Yeah. So, you know? sis so I'm an cooler. adult now. So yeah. she's just sis. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. And so how long were you with him, your first husband, before that ended? She was about two and a half. Mm-hmm. And what happened was he didn't want me driving. Mm-hmm. But he bought me a car, but wouldn't take me driving. So I had a friend in the apartment building that started sneaking out and taking me for driving lessons when he was at work. Mm-hmm. So I learned to drive. She took me to get my driver's license and he would be at the bar when he got off work on a Friday and come home and his paycheck could be gone. And I, and he wasn't nice. And he yeah. was, he'd put, he was not a nice man. Yeah. So long story short, my brother, Jim was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he called me one day and he and his buddies had the weekend off and came down while Lisa's dad was on a fishing trip and boxed everything up and moved me out. Nice. So you hit the road, Jack. Hit the road to Grandma and Papa's. Mm-hmm. And so was that the end of that completely? Was there any other contact after that? Very little. Mm-hmm. He... uh Saw her a few times, mostly because of his mother. But then after that, no. Yeah. And so sis didn't grow up with her father or really. No, she stayed with him briefly when she was a teenager. Okay. But realized that he just wasn't a dad. Yeah. 
and has not had any contact with him. I believe she's probably since she's been 15 or 16 years old and doesn't want to. Yeah. And I thought that he passed away at some point somewhere. We don't know. Oh, okay. Interesting. We don't know. Okay. So moving on down the line, the next marriage was my dad, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bo Bowditch, as I affectionately refer to him as. His actual name's Alan, but Bo. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience, dating, and what was involved. Well, I worked for a company called American Lock and Supply, and part of my job, I was in data processing, but we all took turns at the front desk answering phones, you know, when the girl was on vacation or whatsoever. And the first time your dad walked in, he looked like a redheaded Tom Selleck. <laughs> Everybody thought so. Uh-huh. Super good looking. Very suave. About its charm, as yes. we call it. Yeah. And um, I just, you know, I liked him. So a friend of mine that worked in the same office knew him and set us up. And how long did y'all date before you got married and kids? A little and all over that? a year. Mm-hmm. A little over a year. Had a nice big wedding. Absolutely adored his mom and Auntie Lean, his sister. And we had a lot of fun. We had the traditional big wedding people flew in from all over Mm. the place because they loved your dad and me went to hawaii for the honeymoon and yeah and then how long after did my brother and i my older brother and i come in the mix let's see about a year and a half your brother ryan was born Mm-hmm. And was that a conscious decision to start having kids yes. together? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I have heard that I might have been an accident. You were. The best accident that ever happened to you, Absolutely. right, Mom? <laughs> so I want to double click on this uh-huh. accident thing uh-huh. because accident means you were, I would imagine, not on birth control. No, I actually was. You were on birth control. Whoa. And I still but- got pregnant. But there was also the not knowing when you were ovulating. Right. In order to not get pregnant right which leads me to think there was some lack of information known total yes total lack of information your even your uh ob gyns did not talk to you about those things it was the assumption if you were on birth control you had nothing to worry about right and you didn't have to talk about it think about it you just pop this pill pill every day and everything was good yeah i never knew this I did not know you were on birth control and I was born in that situation. What a trip. How does that feel? It feels like miraculous kind of is the word that's coming up for me. Divine in a sense. You should feel very, very special. (laughs) You are. Very special. Yeah. So there was basically the extent of sex education is just don't do it. Right. Yeah. Don't do it. Wait till marriage. And then if you want to do it here, have the, and if you don't no. want to get pregnant, put the birth, it wasn't really the marriage thing. No, it wasn't no, back, no, not back then. We had so many people, so many friends of ours that just lived together and never got married. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't a big deal. See, I think it was in the nineties that the, the evangelical movement went mm. swept across it's the huge, nation yeah. and then it was purity rings and wait and just it say was. no and all of that. And so, mm. It always puts it, I get, you know, it put into perspective because I was given that message, but I yep. think the generation before and right before that didn't actually get that message uh-huh. like mm-hmm. we did growing mm-hmm. up, which is kind of weird because we got it. I got it in a public school, mm-hmm. even though I'm South Louisiana. And I, I mean, I did go to a Catholic school at one point. So it's just, 
Very interesting to hear that. Like, no, you didn't get that message. No. But birth control was probably all the rage because it was relatively new to the it market. It was in California. However, here, when I was in high school, there were three girls in my class. One of them, by the time she was 13, had her first child. Wow. Whoa. And had her second one in my junior year of high school. And there were two others that had kids. So, and it was readily available. There was a Planned Parenthood right here in town. Mm. So, wow. Okay. So, it puts a little perspective. Mm-hmm. You are a miracle. Wow. Great. I was also a miracle. I know. That's great. Well, I mean, meaning I was not planned. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes so, you a miracle. Yeah. Well, an interesting thing about this, even the birth control aside, I was under the assumption all through until meeting you really a few years back that you could get women could get pregnant anytime. It was like birth control, hundred percent effective, more or less 99.99 or whatever. And, but if you're not on birth control, if you were blowing loads up in her, then she could get pregnant. I know it was a bit extreme apologies, but yeah. And then you <laughs> informed me of the cycles and I had a vague understanding. Oh yeah, there are cycles and there's certain times that are more fertile than others, but I didn't realize that it's actually a pretty small window of when fertility is, has a strong possibility around it. And the rest of the time it's not it's impossible, but it's impossible. Yeah. Right. Well, the body is just not prepared for it, set up for it, all that. But there's so many factors Mm -hmm. that can play into it. And and a person needs to get to know their body in order to be able to trust, I think, like a fertility awareness method. Yeah. um, FAM for Mm -hmm. those of you who want to look into that more, which is how we that's the birth control that we use. Mm hmm. So. It's just knowing when the cycle is knowing and when the, that. Yeah. and we don't use condoms or any of that. And I don't check my temperature either. Mm-hmm. I use an app. Yeah. I track on an app and here mm-hmm. we are still childless I'm actually mm-hmm. on day two of my period. And every time my period arrives, I go, congratulations, you're not a dad yet. Yep. It's very, but we know, but we know, right. Yeah. We're not necessarily biting our nails every month. There is a no. little bit of something where I'm, it's not top of mind. But it is a funny little ritual when you say that. Right. And <laughs> yeah. at the at the same time, we we track that together. Yeah. And that's been something that, you know, we met in right before your 30th birthday, a few mm-hmm. months before your 30th birthday. And so you lived all the way to then yep. not knowing. And I remember saying, giving you this information because I had an IUD as birth control mm-hmm. when we first got together. And, um, and sharing some of this with you and you are so suspect and nervous sure because was. all of your sexually active life has been fear. Yeah. I, it's like the forbidden fruit. Mm -hmm. I want to put my dick in something and, (laughs) you know, just whatever it is, don't replicate. Yeah. (laughs) But it's either STIs and death or. Right. Well, you also look at you saying STIs effectively instead Mm -hmm. of STDs. Mm -hmm. So a lot has changed in your realm of knowledge and information. And Mm -hmm. this is now our work together, which is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I derailed us a little bit talking about sex Mm -hmm. education. Mm -hmm. So bringing it back to, dad and that relationship. So y'all had myself, my older brother, Ryan, Uh and tell us a little bit about your marriage. You were together for around 10 years, right? Just under. Uh Uh-huh. And I, um, dad just didn't want to go have fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He was, so he was saved as it goes in the Christian church. Saved, But so, so am I. Yeah. And he started to be a party pooper. (laughs) It's kind of what I've heard. Total. I mean, he just, he didn't laugh. Everything was scripture. Mm-hmm. Everything he wanted to go to church, every opportunity he could possibly find. Now, mind you, I was in the choir. Yeah. And I loved being in the music group. Yeah. And I 
helped counsel women. You Mm -hmm. know, they would call me for advice and I would give them the best I could. Yeah. But everything wasn't church. Yeah. I wanted to go out to dinner with friends and laugh and have a few drinks. I wanted to go to concerts. He would not go to any of this stuff with me. I wanted to go to musicals. So I went with the girls from work. Yeah. And little by little, I just wasn't having fun. That'd be tough. And I fell out of love with them. Yeah. Anything that was, quote, secular, that was not directly associated with the church or Christianity, it was like, it was more or less bad, wrong, or inferior. I remember Um, being maybe like five years old, something like that, and going to see Home Alone in the theaters. And Kevin, Macaulay Culkin, mm -hmm. was back talking his mom. And we left the movie theater. Because my dad thought it was a bad example. Uh, you know, this is a super playful, like PG movie. And so just to provide a little context of how kind of strict my dad was, he certainly loosened up. Um, but I can imagine that would have been hard. And I'm not surprised. I mean, that you weren't allowed to listen to anything other than Christian music, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I love Christian music. Mm-hmm. But I like all music. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing was when your sister was in the eighth grade going mm-hmm. to the big dance. Uh-huh. He wasn't gonna let her go. And that's oh, when no. I said, Nope, she's going. Yeah. And that was pretty much the beginning of the end. Drawing the line in the sand. I tried to um figure out how I could make a living and stay in California and I couldn't. Yeah. I remember part of this story too, something along the lines of shortly thereafter, sis birth control was a thing. And yes. that and certainly in that day and age, and maybe even still birth control, it was the standard. Once you were of age as a woman, it's like, get on birth control. And when you say of age, you're not saying sexually active. You're saying of an age where you can, Conceive. you're just yeah, more or less. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like here, it's just, here's a glass of water. Here's some birth control. Yeah, It's like super easy to get. And that's, you know, I, I mean, I guess it was relatively easy for your generation, but it was especially easy for Lisa Marie's generation and even more so for ours. Yeah. But the difference being Lisa Marie and I had a really good relationship Mm -hmm. and she was dating the captain of the football team Ah. and I'm not stupid. (laughs) So I actually, I used to do a lot with Lisa. We would have mom and daughter day. I'd take her shopping and I did the same thing with Amy, my little Mm -hmm. sister. So I had a conversation with her. I said, look, if you're not having sex now, you're going to eventually. Mm-hmm. And if you're having those feelings that you want to, now mind you, she's only 15. Yeah. Please come to me. I will take you to my OBGYN. Yeah. And that was the basis of the conversation. And mm-hmm. I didn't want her to feel ashamed. I just wanted her to be protected. Yeah. And Boy, when Bo found out about that, shit hit the fan. Just the conversation? Yeah. Just the conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, she came to me and I took her to my doctor. Yeah. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Supporting her. Yes. In that Mm -hmm. way, for sure. Yeah. And so then that was kind of the nail in the coffin. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm curious because I know that we're going to move on and then go into, you know, how you've decided to live life and, do relationships and everything after that. Of course, we're going to touch on um, Jordan and Ryan and their life and how the role that it played in your life and as a mom and as a woman and all of that. But I'm curious, what are 
some of the things that you learned from that relationship. And I would say things that that you've learned maybe about yourself and things that you've learned about life that you've carried with you. I just always tried to be open with my kids more. And as they got older, I think I was more open. I wanted them to be able to ask me anything. And I think I've pretty much done that. Absolutely. That's been, that is one of the things I'm most inspired by, proud of when I talk about my mom is that she's always down to have the conversation. You're always down. You're always, you're so open. You're so, I'll use the word teachable, so to speak. And to me, that just means you're willing to question yourself and your beliefs and be curious about life. You don't, you're not a know-it-all and nothing I can stand more than know-it-alls. It's not fun to be around them. And that's, yeah, just something I love about you, mama. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else that you learned about yourself and since they were little? No, since that relationship. Mm. I can't really think of anything. Sure. So transitioning a little bit, my perspective, being pretty young when we left California, moved here with you, uh, I was, you know, like three, four years old. Mm-hmm. So my adolescent years were here in Ohio until about 14, freshman year of high school, we moved back to California. So the men that you dated growing up, it was kind of somewhat of the bad boy biker. Oh, yeah. And it's very interesting going from, you might say, the safety, security, um, structure of religion and being in you know, Orange County, California with your parents that are pastor of the church, your husband that is you know, Christian evangelist mm-hmm. in this church. And then coming to small town, Ohio, where it's a little more rugged and people drinking and smoking. Um, So tell us a little bit about that transition. It just kind of happened. I uh, ran into an old friend that I knew in high school and uh, she was still married at the time, but going through a divorce. And I had never been to a bar by myself ever. Oh, wow. Always went with the girls. And uh, this friend was going to meet me at a local bar here in town, which is no longer here. And I remember sitting there in the parking lot, hoping she would show up so we could walk in together. And it was like 90 degrees out. And I finally just, okay, I'm going to do this. So I went in and I found the table farthest away in the corner. (laughs) And the bartender at the time, his, he was awesome to me, brought me my beer. And then she showed up, of course, late. And little by little, I got more comfortable doing that. So we kind of would go out together and I started meeting different people. And I really can't tell you exactly how that happened as far as uh, the biker thing. Um, we were at at a party and there were a couple of guys that I kind of knew that were bikers, but not really. And we started running into each other at different parties. And then the one relationship that I had the longest, even longer than your dad's, he since passed away, but we were together for a really, really long time. We were friends for a couple of years and he got in a really bad motorcycle accident. And so I just was his friend. And unbeknownst to me, he liked me more than that. And so we, little by little, we just became more than friends. And y'all dated for like 10 plus years off and on-ish. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And this is 
I'll just say the name Jimmy. That's okay, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I knew him. I didn't know him well though. It was it was interesting because he was such a big part of your life, but he actually wasn't that big of a part of my life. I, you know, he was around. Right. Um, so what do you think it was about that relationship that kept you in it for so long? He was so fun. He was fun. Mm-hmm. He was fun. And I mm-hmm. loved writing. Yeah. And I imagine coming from a relationship that was started out fun. It had this, this foundation, this beginning that was exciting. that was connected. that was loving, passionate. And then it got so strict. So not fun. So not fun maybe you wanted to swing the pendulum the other way into Total. having more fun. Total. And I suspect it's the balance that you were craving right. on some level, right? Like right. the fun, the excitement, the risk taking and the, uh, yeah, the unknown kind of energy, but balanced with the safety, the security, the trust, the love, and those kinds of things. And I never had that. And is there any relationship where you ever remember having that? No. Interesting. Let's talk about the boys. The boys. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> the boys. Okay. <laughs> what about these boys? I'm curious what, I mean, well, I know that there's plenty of hilarious stories that you have <laughs> between the two of them tons tons um but i'm curious before we get to some of the fun stuff what was it like moving from california into into the unknown here in ohio and knowing that the house was going to be divided and mm. what was it like making decisions knowing that you have kids to consider very scary yeah but i was absolutely miserable in california and a large port Part of that was because I could not financially make it. There was no way. So I came here to visit and I realized I could make it here. I rented a house for, I think at the time was like $285 a month, an entire house with my income tax. And I knew I could make it. And because I went to school here, I was comfortable enough coming back. And then... I remember growing up, we spent summers with my dad mm-hmm. in California. So three months of the year with him there and the rest of our family, the majority of them were there in were Southern there California. So I would see them a little bit during the summer when I was there. And then the other nine months <laughs> of the year, I was here in Ohio with you. Mm-hmm. Being a single mom raising two boys and sis, although she was gone not too long thereafter, she was significantly older. Uh, yeah, what was that like? You mentioned working a lot, having a lot of jobs. How was it balancing everything, the responsibility, but while also living your life and having fun and not having the support of a father, husband around? I prayed a lot, I'll tell you, because yeah. sometimes I'd be so exhausted, I, I wouldn't know how I was going to make it. And there were times that I couldn't make it. And I'm going to tell this story. You know this story. Mm-hmm. There was one year and I was working two jobs. I was working at Duke and Duchess on the weekends, the night shift, and Monday through Saturday morning at uh, Watersoft, Mm. which is where I met Russ and Kathy. Mm. But anyway, uh, things were bad. I was over a month behind on rent. Utilities were past due. And my friend called me and said, let me take you out for a couple of beers. Mm. She knew. Couldn't afford it. And um, I believe you guys were at Russ and Kathy's. Now, I had gone home at lunch and checked the mail. 
So anyway, we went out. I had a couple of beers, came home. There was this big envelope sticking out of the mailbox. Where'd that come from? I went in and opened it, and there was a card that said, don't worry, be happy, with 10 $100 bills in it. Wow. This is a true story. And I just dropped to my knees, and I just told the boys, Lisa was not there. She must have been, she might have even been in college at that time. And we prayed for that person and, mm. and thanked them. And that paid all the bills. And we had Christmas. So beautiful. God sent us an angel, Mama. He sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe in <laughs> angels big time. Yeah. It was hard. I mean, there were good times and bad times. Some of the most wonderful times were meeting Russ and Kathy because mm-hmm. they helped raise you guys. Yeah. And Russ they and were, Kathy are family friends. Yeah. They're family friends. And their and, two boys were me and my brother's best friends. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second parents. I had many they parents growing up. They were your second up. parents, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and they helped me a lot by doing that. You got to go places and do things that I couldn't do with you. Yeah. And I think that's a an important thing to underscore. And we certainly went into this a little bit with my Aunt Lisa and Uncle Gary, but the village raising the child kind of thing. The village, yeah. yeah. Huge. And, you know, in some regards, certainly a traditional nuclear family can be very special. And there's the, again, the safety, comfort, security, uh, dependability, all those kinds of things there. And sometimes those lack the balance of other elders, other parents that have different life's experiences, perspectives to share with the young generation. And I feel like that is, if I could pinpoint maybe one thing that had the biggest influence on me growing up and the person I am today, it is having those different influences that were very heavily involved in my life in various seasons. Right. You are easily adaptable. Yeah. You find peace and home in almost any situation around Mm. any group of people. And that's incredible Mm. to think about having agreeable children in a sense that have manners and have empathy and compassion and spatial awareness and <laughs> all of that. And it, I think that the, the many hands that raised you and tra- even traveling yeah. early on mm-hmm. definitely helped create this beautiful human that you are now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. it might've been some of the things that at the time were looked at by maybe passerbys or from the outside looking in as what are these people doing? And that could fuck up the kids or yeah. what, you know, it, there could judgments. be so judgments, mm-hmm. all that stuff. When in reality, as you've grown into the adult that you've grown into, that's the thing that you say single. If yeah. you had to pinpoint something mm-hmm. out that that's what made you, you. Yeah. And I was very fortunate for the vast majority of those influences to be more or less positive. And so they were loving households that I got to be a part of. And that's not always the case. If kids are bouncing around, they're, be, they're kind of just thrown into the next thing, mm-hmm. but not received with open, loving arms. And mm-hmm. I always was, whether it was a friend's parents, aunts and uncles, grandparents, lived with all of them throughout upbringing, particularly high school. Um, so I'm really grateful. And yeah. Everyone that. was happy you were coming through the door. <laughs> they were really. He was always a joy. <laughs> I think they were. We have to get them all on the show and see for sure uh-huh. how they really <laughs> felt about it. Mom, I would love for you to quickly tell the story. And this is a little off topic, but it's just so fun. I think people will enjoy it. Okay. About me being a toddler and the escape artist that I was and specifically the smeared poop fiasco. Oh my God. He was such an escape artist. We actually, we turned the loft into 
a bedroom for Jordan because Ryan needed his own room. And what we had to do, because we would get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and check on him, and the front door would be open. He'd be gone. (laughs) So when we put a door on his room, we could have gotten in a lot of trouble. We put a Dutch door on it with the lock on the outside of the bottom (laughs) because he would, he'd, he'd leave. And I remember, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, he learned to stack his little tykes toys up next to the fence and climb over the fence. And we'd find him in neighbors' backyards eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. (laughs) So, yeah, he was quite the escaped artist. In the midst of all of that, I was trying to potty train him, doing my best. He would go down for these amazing long naps. Well, he went through this phase where he liked to take his shitty diaper off <laughs> and finger paint everywhere. <laughs> now, I am not kidding you. He would take every article of clothing out of every drawer, <laughs> every toy out of his toy box. And this went on for, I'm going to say close to a month every single day and i would try and outsmart him by going in and sneaking in he'd be sound asleep 15 minutes later he'd have poop everywhere (laughs) i almost became a wino and that's that story Uh (laughs) uh-huh and i was also the notorious naked kid around the block oh my god some things never change Mm -hmm. totally naked (laughs) mom would call me jordan's down here with no clothes on again she lived two houses away. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, it's I had been remiss if we didn't touch on that in yes. this conversation. I mean, that was when Jordan proposed and we were in New Orleans oh, yeah. last year, the end of 2020 was around the end mm-hmm. of October. And it's like half hot, half kind of cool ish in mm-hmm. New Orleans. It's the first and main thing that people said. To the, the, to the pictures mm-hmm. that I shared of us, of the proposal and everything is why is Jordan half naked and you have a jacket on? Yeah. Cause I have no shirt on. And she He's got basically his butt crack out. He's yeah. got one, oh, yeah. ar- one article of clothing. He's like, he can't get is. away with being totally butt naked anymore. Right. He's an adult. He'll go to jail. Right. It's like the, the littlest amount that he can get away with. He still does that. <laughs> Like I said, sometimes things never change. Um, what was it like uh, raising two teenage boys? It was easier than raising one teenage girl. Oh, well, that's mm. good to know, I think. <laughs> I love my daughter. She is absolutely wonderful. But she was horrible as a teenager. <laughs> she did not get in trouble. She did well in school. But she had an attitude, and she was a little snot. little snot. She really, really <laughs> was. She grew out of it quickly. So uh, were the boys just kind of up to no good every now and then, but they were lovely, like they sweet were boys? Charming. Was it like the opposite situation? Total. Yeah. They were super charming, and they knew how to schmooze me. <laughs> and then I'd get a phone call at work. Uh, Ryan and Jordan are skateboarding on the rails over at the Surrey Inn. Like, so I would get home and then they'd be upset because I always knew what they were doing to a point. (laughs) But other than that, they were just, they were sweet teenagers, except for that one phase Ryan went through. Yeah. When he's a little asshole. 
Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. He got a little uppity in, in my face once and back down and mm. never did it again. Mm. Yeah. Needed a little masculine presence to put him in his place. Am yeah. I right? Uh-huh. I was always little, but I was mighty, mm-hmm. just like my mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. So maybe fast forwarding to more recent relationships, because there were, let's see, technically two other times you've been married. Um, right? So is Brent and then uh, the one before I don't count. Yeah. Okay. So my that, mom has a couple of those too. That don't count. I have right. one that yeah. I don't count and don't wish to discuss. Fair enough. You got it. Uh-huh. So maybe, and we don't have to get into like specific details around the most recent one, but what did you learn about that? Cause you got married, what well, that was like maybe five years ago and it only lasted like a year or two. Well, it, it technically it legally lasted Almost four, but uh, as far as being together, mm-hmm. about a year. Yeah. That. And so are y'all officially divorced now? Yes. Yes. Finally. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. What did you learn from that situation? Mm-hmm. I learned to be a lot more skeptical and to check things out, not just take somebody's word for something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that I remember from in that whole situation was you sharing that you'd been friends with him for many years yes. and he was always interested and you more or less knew that and yep. you could just kind of feel that energy coming. But from I him. wasn't at all, but you weren't. And I remember several conversations where you shared something along the lines of I'm not, I've had the passion. I've had the romance. I've had the, the burning flame and it always dies out mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't have the substance maybe and the longevity around it. And at this stage of my life, I'm more interested in somebody that I can just live out my days with as friends and companions. That's exactly what I said. Mm -hmm. And was there any sort of revelations around that as a result of this? Uh, I realized that uh, I was up front about where I was and what I wanted and he Mm -hmm. was not. Yeah. and. Honestly, something that I was a little skeptical about in that was how can I imagine it would be difficult to not necessarily have that initial physical chemical uh, attraction to somebody and to more rely on friendship and companionship in, in that kind of container that's supposed to be intimacy. And you are totally right. Yeah. I was not right. I was wrong. Well, you live and you learn, right? Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And you learn again and again and again. Sometimes the same lesson over yep. and over and Takes over. Takes a different again. shape, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious now that your boys are getting to an age where they are starting relationships that. I'm getting hitched, mama. Will hopefully go the distance. <laughs> At least that's the plan. Otherwise, you have to erase all the episodes that I'm on. <laughs> yeah, because oh I take gosh. the podcast and Little and I take Austin and... Oh, you take the city too. Okay. <laughs> so I guess we have to stay together. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious about that, not necessarily process, but watching them get to a point where it's their, it's now their turn to start doing wonderful. things. <laughs> I've, I, I watched my daughter marry the most wonderful son-in-law on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I remember Ryan and Jordan, because they were there for their wedding, telling their sister that they, she better never get rid of Bill. Mm-hmm. He's very much a brother. 
Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, sis, we like him more than you. So watch (laughs) out. Yeah. That's basically what they told her. And they were just little boys then. And they've been married for 20 plus years, like maybe 25 or something. Little, I think 20 now. Yeah. Yeah. They have two kids. And and they have two kids and they're soccer parents and all that good stuff. But they have fun together. They, they, have romantic getaways together. Mm. They're cute together. And mm. you always want your children to be better than you. Mm-hmm. And that is not to say that I didn't do the best I could. Mm-hmm. That just means you want your children to have more and be happier. Yeah. And I am very happy for mm-hmm. my Jordan and my other little girl, Alexa. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to their relationship and being another grandma. I want a little granddaughter so ah. bad. I'm very happy for you guys. I have no reservations. Mm-hmm. And I pray that same thing for my eldest son, Ryan, because he's got such a good heart. Yeah. So I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Feels really good to hear you say that. Yes. And it's another another thing that's mirrored in my life is my sister, again, same, almost the same age difference, married the person that she started dating the end of high school for her. I think he, she was 16 or 17 and he was 18 or 19. And they've been married almost 20 years, mm-hmm. two kids. Yeah. You say Lisa Marie is a soccer mom. My sister is very much a pageant dance mom because yeah. two, mm-hmm. two girls while yeah. you've two got boys. two boys. Right. And then, yeah. It, it, and the my sister and I are, are the, my and sister awesome. and I are the initial two girls and you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and Ryan. So there's a lot of similarities. So also if we were going to go with like the Zodiac to Leo oh, Aries, yes. there's a lot of Leo Aries combinations yeah. here, mm-hmm. but I can see in a lot of ways why your family feels familiar to me. Mm. You feel familiar to me. I mean, you are very unique and in not really any ways like my mom, but I still feel that motherly uh, essence from you. And when I see your family and the way that they operate in a lot of ways, my family, it reminds me. And so, you know, whenever I came into this family, y'all embraced me right away. Mm -hmm. And that felt so good. And so I am so just, I feel so blessed to to be another daughter to mm. you and to come in and really mesh my world with all of your world. And while God keeps giving me these little nudges that you've got more grandsons coming, <laughs> okay. uh, but I will hold that little, uh, that little hope that you have for a granddaughter one day. Only, <laughs> just one. Okay. Just only just one. Okay. So, you know, universe, the rest God, can be everyone, boys. everyone up there. <laughs> yeah, the rest of me boys. I will attribute um the way that I am today as far as welcome welcoming people into my life and my family to my mother. Mm-hmm. She was the matriarch. She Christmas was all about family and celebration and never could you come to her home with being a part without being a part of that. Mm-hmm. You had to have presence. You mm-hmm. were made welcome. And if you didn't feel loved, that was on you. <laughs> That's the truth for sure. Mm. I spent my first Christmas with y'all and I had just as big of a stack of presents as anybody. And I was <laughs> yes, like, Oh did. my goodness. <laughs> All right, we're doing this. <laughs> and she saw the best in people. Yeah, she really did. Yeah. I'd say you get a lot of that from her and you I have carried the torch as mama funk matriarch. And I must say you're doing a damn good job, Mama. Thank you. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. 
Right. Well, that feels pretty much, pretty much like we have come to the end. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would like to say to us? I mean, you're going to have an opportunity to say so much come this October, whenever we actually get married, but is there any wishes or Mm. notes, things that you've learned along the way in your journey that you hope for us? Yes. From Mm. the onset. Mm -hmm. Always listen to each other, listen to each other's words, pay attention to each other's mannerisms, actions, what each other loves or doesn't love. It might be the, this is one thing that I learned from my dad. It might be the stupidest thing on the planet to you, Jordan. Mm. But if it's important to her, love her. Mm-hmm. I'm learning that one. Then yep. it's important to you. Yes. Then it's, then yep. it's important to you mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Got it. And I have actually witnessed you both doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even when you are irritated with each other and don't think I haven't seen it because I have, because you wouldn't be normal. <laughs> Everybody gets irritated with each other. Everybody needs their time alone. But even when you do that, you're playful about it. Mm. Kung through it. <laughs> and I love that. Mm-hmm. You keep doing that and you'll be a grammar and a papa. Oh, very sweet. Never in my entire life have I seen a man love a woman the way Papa loved grammar. When a man loves a woman. I don't know the rest of the song. But okay. You get the <laughs> nice, point. Nice job, buddy. I love you and I'm very proud of you. Oh, I love you too, Mama. Very proud of you. Very good. You're a good you. man. You're a good person and you're going to be a great husband and dad. Mm. I got it all from my mama. And I got a new little girl out of the mix. Yeah. So I love you both. We love you. <laughs> Thank My you job. for coming on to the show with us. Yeah. I know it was a risk. You didn't know what we were looping you in. We just put a microphone in your hand and we were like, we're going to hit this button. Ready, steady, go. And see where we go. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate it. Love you. Love, love you. you. All right, folks. One more story. We have to end <laughs> with a story about Ryan since we picked on Jordan. I was just telling Alexa and Jordan about the first time I walked in on Ryan. He was only, yeah. Cuffing the carrots. Well, not really. Flogging the dolphin. Shut up, stupid. Not really. He was just, was he five yet? He was six. Oh, geez. He was six. A little over six years old because you are a few years apart. And we didn't have a shower. We had a bathtub. So, you know, me being the mom, I had always gone in and checked on him. And so I opened the door and there he is with his little peepee scooched up (laughs) all the way to the faucet running full force. (laughs) And it's sticking straight up. (laughs) And I very gently backed out and shut the door and had to go downstairs and outside because I was laughing so hard I couldn't see straight. (laughs) So when he got all done, he came downstairs and by the way, mom, I'm old enough to take a bath and clean my ears and everything by myself. You don't need to come in and check on me anymore. I never told him what I experienced. And thank God I never saw that again. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. 
I'll see y'all next week.